you for joining us for another episode of The Central Word, a podcast ministry of Central Baptist Church, Texarkana, Arkansas. This week's episode is a message titled, Defeating Life's Giants, preached by our pastor, Brother Mike Sylvie, on March 5th, 2023. And the text for this message is 1 Samuel chapter 17. We pray this message serves to edify you in your walk with Christ this week. Here now is Brother Mike Sylvie preaching Defeating Life's Giants. First thing we know, there's a big old giant that pops up in the way, trying to get us from doing this, that. And here in 1 Samuel chapter 17, there's a story that shows us how to be victorious when fighting against life's giants. It's the story of David and Goliath. David, a young shepherd boy, goes up against a giant Goliath, and he wins. Or rather, God wins. The Lord will fight our battles as we give our lives to him. And when our lives, our lives and our giants are placed in the Lord's hands, he fights that battle for us, and he always wins. He's never been defeated. And this story reminds us of that. And this story will show us how we can deal with our giant. We all have them. You may have brought your giant with you to church this morning. I don't know. Maybe something still in front of you. I'm not talking about the person sitting next to you. I'm talking about what's inside your heart, what's in your mind, the burden you've got in your life. But this, this giant is a picture of our giants, and our giant can be anything or anyone who keeps you from experiencing the victorious Christian life. It's anyone or anything that can keep you from doing what God wants you to do. Anything or anyone that keeps you from doing the right thing. That's your giant. And here in this story, that's how David saw this giant that we read about, Goliath. He saw him as someone who was defying what God wanted to do in the promised land at that time. God had brought the children of Israel out of the promised land through Moses. He had brought them into the promised land, and victory after victory with Joshua, they had taken over the land, but the, the enemy was still there. God had told them to go in and take the Canaanites and the Philistines, take them out, get them out of the land. They had been there for 400 years. They had an opportunity to, to follow the Lord. They didn't. Their time was up. God was putting them aside. He was bringing Israel in, and through Israel, he had a great plan. Israel was to set up a center of worship so that people would know there is a true and living God, and they would know how to come to him. That it would become to, they would have to come to him through blood sacrifice that a pure and spotless lamb would offer. And that was a picture of his son. And through his son, the plan was that all people throughout the entire world, for all time, would be able to come into God's presence and be blessed forever, be forgiven of their sin and be cleansed and to know and to love and to serve this true and living God. And David saw Goliath as a giant standing in the way of that. 
Because here was this giant that stood up and said, no, this is my land. I'm in charge here. You're going to serve me, not the living God. And David in this story says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he would defy the armies of the living God? That's how he saw it. See, David had a spirit of faith about himself. He had a God-can-do-all-things spirit and a we-can-do-all-things-through-Christ-the-Lord's-anointed spirit. And if you've lost your God-can and we-can spirit, then this short story shows you how you can get that back or how you can enter into it for the very first time. How do you defeat a giant in your life? Well, number one, I'm going to give you three points how you defeat a giant. Number one is you focus on God rather than on the giant. You focus on God rather than on the giant. Now we're going to begin reading in verse 2. And the first part of the story, we're not going to read all of this, but the first part that we look at is going to give us a picture of the giant. The second part that we're going to read gives us a picture of God. And David's focus was on God. Everybody else's focus was on the giant. Verse 2, And Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together, and they encamped in the valley of Elah, and drew up in battle array against the Philistines. The Philistines stood on a mountain on one side, and Israel stood on a mountain on the other side with a valley between them. And a champion went out from the camp of the Philistines named Goliath from Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. He had a bronze helmet on his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail, and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze. And he had bronze armor on his legs and a bronze javelin between his shoulders. Now the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and, and his iron spearhead weighed 600 shekels. And a shield-bearer went before him. Then he stood and cried out to the armies of Israel and said to them, Why have you come out to line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine, and you the servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. And the Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we might fight together. And everybody's focus was on him. He was an intimidating enemy. Verse 24, And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. So the men of Israel said, Have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel. And it shall be that the man who kills him, the king will enrich with great riches and will give him his daughter and give him his father's house, give his father's house exemption from taxes in Israel. That was the people's focus. It was on the man and it was on riches and fame. Worldly things. But David's focus was altogether different. Look at verse 26. Then David spoke to the men who stood by him, saying, 
What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? And that wasn't because he was really wanting to tap in on the riches. It's because he was like, what are y'all fighting for? What is this really about? For David, it was about something else. Then he says, for who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? That's where David's focus was. Now look at one more short passage of Scripture, verse 32. Then David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, You are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him. For you are a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. But David said to Saul, Your servant used to keep his father's sheep, and when a lion and a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock... I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. When it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine and Saul said to David, go, and the Lord be with you. See how David changed the focus of everything there? At first they were only focused on the man, but then Saul was talking about the Lord because that was where David's focus was. If you're going to see your giant fall in your life, you're going to have to change your focus from the giant challenge to the impressive almighty God that we have. You see, God, Goliath was impressive, but God's almighty. And we've got to focus on it. We've got to have a faith focus. The Bible says we walk by faith, not by sight. That means we're always looking past our circumstances. We're always looking past the earthly. We're always looking past everything else we can see with our physical eyes, and we're seeing him who's invisible, who's over it all and who is more powerful than any giant that we could face. So this was David's faith focus. Someone has said, faith is forsaking all, I trust him. So forsaking all other things that can distract us, we'd be focused on him, and that's the first step. That's where we've got to be. That's why we took time reading that part of the story. It's so very important. If you don't start there, you will never be able to stand out on the battlefield and do what David did. It begins with faith, a faith focus. Now, faith focus is not underestimating the problem. Every verse we read there, and every, just about every verse in this entire story in chapter 17, mentions the Philistines, and it mentions Goliath. They weren't underestimating him. David sized it up. In fact, because he did size it up, he realized, hey, this is a God-sized problem. I can't fight this on my own. You see, we only really underestimate the issue when we try to deal with it ourselves. We've got to let God deal with it through us, through his power, not our power. And this is what David was doing. He, he saw God and his power as bigger and mightier than the giant. Now, the giant was something to see. Now, I'm going to come down here for a visible, visible uh, illustration, a visual illustration Pastor's on the move. Everybody's getting nervous. What's he fixing to do? I'm just going to stay right here, okay? 
But I did a little measuring earlier in the sanctuary. I wanted to kind of get an idea. Okay, if Goliath were to walk into this room, how tall would he really be? Well, the scripture tells us that he, he was six cubits and a span. The cubit is a, is a measurement from the elbow to the tip of a man's hand. And depending upon the man, that can vary between 18 to 20 inches. So the measurement is a little bit um, of an approximation. But given that, he is six times 18, 18 to 20. And then the span was the distance between your little finger and the thumb on your hand. So that's about six to eight inches. So I'm about uh, average height. If I got my shoes on, I'm standing up straight. I'm 5'10". Okay, that's what's on my driver's license. And um, so I'm 5'10", and probably David was maybe about my height. He, he could wear uh, Saul's armor. Saul was one of the tallest men around. So David wasn't short necessarily. He was young, but the Bible doesn't call him short. But he was probably about average height, maybe about my height. And if you measure up uh, the six cubits in a span is about 10 feet on average, 10 feet tall. Basketball goal height which is that light bulb right there. Above, above me is a light hanging from the ceiling, and I measured it earlier, and it's right at 10 feet. So if God, Goliath walks in here, he couldn't, he couldn't go underneath the sides of the room because they're lower. He'd have a hard time getting through that door back there. And if he stood up, he's up there. And Goliath, I mean, David's right here. And not only was he big, but he was armed from head to toe with armor. And the Bible says he had a coat of mail. And that, scholars say, estimate that, that itself, the coat of mail weighed over 150 pounds. All the other bronze that he had on, on his legs and everywhere else, was over 250 pounds. So you had 250 pounds to the 350, 400 probably that he weighed. And you've got a 650-pound giant gorilla armed from head to toe coming after you. He's like a moving tank. He was intimidating. And added to that, he was, he was already victorious against the, the Israelites. Long before this, in the days when Samuel was a young boy, the Bible tells the Philistines defeated the army, routed the army, killed the two sons of Eli, and took the Ark of the Covenant captive. And an old Jewish commentary called the Targum, it's one of the oldest, says that it was Goliath who killed the sons of Eli, the high priest. And it was him who took the Ark of the Covenant captive. He had already won against him. And here David was coming and was proposing that he could go out on the battlefield and defeat this giant. Why did he say that? Because his focus was not on that giant. It was on the one who had the stature and strength that's beyond this roof into the heavens, the Lord God Almighty. That's who he was looking at. And this giant looked small compared to God. And your giant's going to seem tall and, and someone who cannot be defeated as long as you're looking at that giant. But if you're looking at God, then you're right where you need to be for God to work.
So this was, this was David's faith focus. This is what made him step up and say what he did and go out there on the field with just a slingshot, as we're going to see in just a moment. If you're going to have this kind of faith focus, what you need to do is in your prayers, in your walk with God, you've got to surrender everything to him. You've got to believe that your problem is not too big for God. And your prayers have got to go from, woe is me, I've got this giant in my life, to, wow, what a God I have. And there's nothing he can't do. And this was David's faith. In, in Psalm 8, 1, he praised the Lord that way. He said, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. You've set your glory above the heavens. And it's interesting that Psalm 8 says that David played that song on an instrument from Gath. And verse 4 says that's where Goliath was from. So as he, as he, as he wrote Psalm 8 and he played on that instrument, he was thinking about how God, who's over all, had given him that victory and how he's the one who gives any victory. So number one, there's a faith focus. You put your focus on God rather than on the giant. Then number two, you trust in the Lord's resources alone. The first thing that everybody tried to do was put armor on David, verse 38. So, so Saul clothed David with his armor. And he put a bronze helmet on his head. He also clothed him with a coat of mail. David fastened his sword to his armor and tried to walk, for he had not tested them. And David said to Saul, I cannot walk with these, for I have not tested them. So David took them off. You see what they did? They put armor and a bronze helmet and a coat of mail and a sword on David. Those were the exact weapons that Goliath had. And here's the principle we need to take away from this. You cannot fight the Lord's battles with the weapons of the world. They were trying to put everything on that Goliath had to try to match him. And David said, I, I haven't practiced in these. I haven't tested. I haven't used this glove. It's not broken in yet. And so I can't use this. But I think deep down he knew that was going down the wrong trail. He knew the Lord was able to deliver him without anything in his hand. And that's why he took those off and then he took off. Verse 40 says, he took his staff in his hand and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook, from a nearby river, and he put them in a shepherd's bag in a pouch which he had and his sling was in his hand and he drew near to the Philistine. So what we're talking about is trusting in the Lord's resources alone. David said, no, I'm not, doing, I'm not going to use the weapons of the world, what everybody else thinks I'm going to use. I'm going to use the weapons that God provides for me. And so he had three there. He had a staff. He had a stone. And he had a sling, slingshot. Those are the three weapons that he had. Now, the slingshot was a, or sling, was a deadly weapon. It's not like our slingshot. It actually was a rectangle pouch that had two strings on each end. It had two strings going on the top end, two strings on the bottom. With the two bottom strings tied around the wrist, the anchor to the wrist. Then the top two strings, the, the person would take in, its, in his hand and pinch 
his thumb and his forefinger or his two first fingers like this and it would, would pinch the other two uh, strings and, and then the, the stone would be put in the pouch and then that pouch would be slung around the person's head. And then the person would release those top two strings and would release that stone kind of like a, a pitcher releases a fastball and that stone would fly at great speed and with great accuracy. That was the slingshot that David had. And it could kill a person. And these were the humble weapons that, that David had. And again, I think it's teaching us something that we need to use God's weapons in our own battles with our giants. There are weapons the world and others look at and they say, oh, those won't work. There's nothing to those. But those are the things that are mighty in God's hand. They are enough because God's enough. And the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4, that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They don't come from this world. But they are mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds. So that's 2 Corinthians 10, 4. Did you get that? Is that a 10, 4? <laughs> the weapons that you use, you will not get from the world. You'll not get it from... Self-help books, you'll not get it from some other person that's trying to counsel you and lead you. It, they may be well-intentioned, but you need to use what God gives you. Now, God may use someone to lead you to those, but with David, we see that he just had that staff, and that staff just led him to that brook, that river. The staff led him to the water, and the water, he found the stone. The stone went in the sling. And then the sling hurled that stone to the giant, and the giant fell. So I don't, I don't want to read into Scripture more than what's here, but I believe that in David's weapons, we see our weapons. I want to give them to you real quick, and then we'll move on. So we're talking about trusting God's resources alone. These are the things that we must tap into as we deal with our giant. Number one is prayer. David took that staff and he did what shepherds do. He went out into the, the hills with that staff. Moses had a staff. And with that staff, God led him. And, and so David here was led through that staff out to a, a solitary place where he got alone with God. And he did what he says in Psalm 120. In my distress, I cried out to the Lord and he heard me. That's what David did first. That's what I would have been doing if I would have got alone with God and said, God, show me what I need to do. And David did that. So first is prayer. You need to find out what God says about your problem. You need to find out what God has said about your giant. And that begins with getting alone with him and praying because it's in that prayer that he will begin to lead you to the stones that I think represents truth. In that riverbed, there was these stones that had been washed over and smoothed over by the, the river, the river of life. And in the Bible, the Holy Spirit is pictured as a river of life who shapes the truth of God and pours it out into our hearts. And so in these stones, I see the truth of God's Word. And so in prayer, God will lead you to some truth about your problem, about your giant that you can stand on and that will be your confidence as you go out there 
on the battlefield. And this is what David did. He had truth that he was standing on, and when he came back, he was already confident, but when he came back, uh, he had all the confidence that he needed. David stood on truth, and here's some of the truths that he stood on. While everybody believed that Goliath was too big to fight, David believed he was too big to miss. That's what he believed. That's why he stepped out there. While everybody believed that Goliath could not be defeated, David believed and knew that God always wins and he's never been defeated. And if God was telling him to go out there, and he believed he was telling him, and there was a cause, there was a reason, he was standing up to someone that had no business defying God and taking over that, that area. And David went out there in confidence saying, this is God's field. This is God's land. We are God's people, and we're going to pursue God's plan, and we're going to take down this giant. And he got there through prayer and through truth. And then what David did was he got his sling, and he let some truth fly. And this is what the sling does. Sling is like faith that hurls truth into action in our lives. Notice how David hurled some truth at Goliath before he even threw the stone. Look at verse 45. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. What truth. Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hand. David is slinging truth at that giant. And after he did this, then he used the last weapon that God had given him, and he threw that stone, and that stone hit the mark. So first you have a, a faith focus, and then you, you trust in God's resources alone, prayer, truth, and faith to stand up and take the action God wants you to take. And then you come to the third step, and this is what we see at the climax of the story, and that is that David acted with decisiveness and determination, and he made the throw. Look at verses 48 through 50. So it was when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David that David hurried and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. Then David put his hand in his bag while he's still running and took out a stone and he slung it and struck the Philistine in his forehead so that the stone sank into his forehead and he fell on his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him, but there was no sword in the hand of David. Acting with decisiveness and determination. As you're facing your giant, your moment will come as well. And when your moment comes, like it did with David, you'll know that it's time to take decisive, determined 
action. That's what we see with David. He didn't kind of just him haul around and go, well, I guess, I guess I've got to do something now. No, the Bible says right out of the gate, he starts running and he's kicking up trail dust as Goliath is sitting there and he's running towards him. And as he's running, he's throwing, he's swinging the, the sling and he's throwing the stone. And here was David's confidence. He knew that he did not have to aim and it wasn't up to him. He didn't have to hit a little pinhole. All he had to do was release the stone. And God would guide it to where it needed to be. His faith was not in the slingshot. It was not in the stone. It was not in his arm. It was in the God who guides the stone and who uses the truth to make giants fall. And that's how it works for me and you. I've got a giant in my life. There's been a giant in my life for about 10 years I've been praying about. And praying that God would defeat it. And would bring that giant down. What in the world's going on with Brother Mike? Well, I don't need to tell you. You don't need to know. But just like you have a giant, I have a giant. And there are times when I stand up to preach or bow down to pray, and all I can see is that giant. And I want you to know that what is in this story works. Because just a few short months ago, I came to a moment of decisiveness with my giant. And I knew I needed to take some action. My moment had come. And there was something I was supposed to do. I need to sling my stone. And, and it's scary when you come to that moment because it's like, okay, when I step out there, it's like there's no turning back. And if I do it wrong, if I fail, then things are going to get worse. But I came to my moment and I prayed and I trusted in what God had given me alone. And I came to my moment and through faith, I let the stone go toward my giant. And I'm here to tell you this morning that it wasn't me. It wasn't anything that I could do. In fact, it amazed me to see what happened after that. That God guided that stone, that truth, and it found its target. And while the giant did not go away. Our giants are kind of like David's giants, kind of like the mountain Jesus talks about in the New Testament where, you know, if you have the faith of a grain of a mustard seed, you can say this mountain be removed and it'll be removed in the sea. Sometimes the Lord takes chunks of the mountain down at a time. And it's a process. It was a process with David. He would go on to find out that Goliath had four other brothers. He was fighting giants all of his life. But on my moment, God used these steps that I've shared with you this morning. And because he's able and I'm not, he used it. And I'm telling you, a major part of my giant fell on that day. And things have been at a whole other level 
in dealing with that. I was amazed at all what God has done. So it works. It'll work with your giant. Some say that David picked up five stones because he knew that Goliath had four brothers and he would have to use them later. But I find nowhere in the record that he knew ahead of time that Goliath had four brothers. He did have four brothers. David did challenge some of them later. You read the record and you find that actually David was weak at one point in the battle against some of these brothers, and he almost got killed himself. Someone else had to come to his rescue. So I really don't think he, he picked up all those stones and said, okay, here's what I'm going to use the rest of my life. No, I think he picked up the five stones because he was determined to do whatever it took under God to bring down his giant. He didn't know if he was going to have to make one throw or five, but he made the throw, and God blessed it. And maybe you're at that point in your life right now, you've got something in front of you that's been keeping you from doing God's will or from, or from knowing God or serving him. And God wants to bring down that giant in your life. You need to surrender to him, surrender it all to him, do what he tells you to do. Take his weapons and then simply make the throw and trust him. So we bow our heads in prayer this morning. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Central Word. Our prayer is that this message will encourage you in your walk with Christ as we dive into God's Word each and every week. Thanks again for joining us, and may God bless you in the week to come.